5. Conclusion to Part 2 I am aware that the above account of the baneful influence of the professional clergy on the development of the Church as a social order and her mission in the world may well be perceived as a conspiratorial interpretation of Church history. But this would be to misunderstand what I am saying. The truth is rather more prosaic, and yet in reality reveals a fact that is certainly more problematic and indeed more dangerous to the well-being of society than the existence of any conspiracy. And it is this that the logic of an idea, once it has gained a foothold in the human psyche, has a tendency to work itself out with relentless consistency to its ultimate conclusions, even among men of disparate cultures who have little or no contact with or knowledge of each other, but more especially so where that idea is widely accepted by a community, unless it is effectively challenged. And so it has been with sacerdotalism and prelacy, which even the Reformation was not able to expunge entirely from the minds of Christian men, and so the wretched harvest produced by these ideas began to grow once more before the dust thrown up by the ploughing of the Reformation had settled on the ground. And this is all the more remarkable because, as Max Weber pointed out, every consistent doctrine of predestined grace inevitably implied a radical and ultimate devaluation of all magical, sacramental and institutional distributions of grace in view of God's sovereign will. The Church today desperately faces the need for reformation, indeed, for a reformation as great as, perhaps even greater than, the reformation of the 16th century. Restoring the biblical Eucharist and Agape feast, combined according to the original ordinance of the Lord Jesus Christ, must form part of this reformation, since it is vital to the well-being of the Church. But it is unlikely that such a reformation will ever take place while the present structures of Church authority and the official magic that supports them retain their stranglehold on the life of the Church. It seems therefore inevitable that the precursor to such a reformation can only be a complete collapse and final discarding of these structures and the ideologies that give them meaning in life. If the house is to be rebuilt again, according to the Lord's design, the crooked foundations on which it previously stood must be cleared away for good.